And now for an episode of Knuckleheads in Isolation, Drinking Black Coffee. Good morning, Kyle. I, I just want to say, morning, aside, aside from your hat, I'm really digging the shirt. I'm really Thanks, digging man. the shirt. Greatest, found that greatest baseball player track. ever. At, uh, yes, I found that on a clearance rack at GameStop, believe it or not. And I went, at GameStop? That, that shirt needs to be in my life. GameStop. Wow. That's where I also got my, uh, if you've seen my, my Christmas uh, Death Star uh, yeah. Christmas shirt, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Both of them I got, at GameStop for like five bucks. I got mine at King's Treasure. Deals in my life. Yeah, King's <laughs> Treasure. That's that's where I have to I have to find out when you're going and go the day before so I can actually but, get some me, books. I yeah. am I, I am yeah. I'm hurting with King's Treasure being closed in these days. Well, Kyle, that, um, I think I there's probably there's probably a reason you're wearing a Rangers hat and uh, yes. I'm wearing my Ranger my Astros hat and it's because Astros I'm, su- I'm surrounded by Trastros fans this morning yeah, and I got it. <laughs> who who is it? Who do we have? This morning, we have the illustrious Aaron Andrew Hebert on the show this morning. <laughs> Welcome, Andrew. <laughs> not, not Aaron. I don't even know where. I don't even know an Aaron. So I don't, I know, don't know Aaron either. <laughs> Great to be here, guys. Good to see you guys. I've never been introduced as illustrious before. Yeah. We, I, don't, I guess it could be worse. It, it could be it worse. It could be worse. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, the, Andrew, you know, days of the Astros, I would rather the Trash Astros than the Last Astros. You remember that? Yeah, I've been I do. Back before yeah. they were winning. Yeah. I would rather, you know, win with trash cans <laughs> than lose with, without trash cans. And, and that, was, that was kind of my thing this year is I was, I was just hopeful for a good season where we did well, made it to the playoffs, you know, maybe advanced in the playoffs without perhaps the use of, of trash cans and uh because I, I don't know about you but every time i posted a selfie if i happened to have a an astros hat on or whatever the comments were were never ending from the dave it's, it's been pretty brutal. And stuff yeah it's yeah, been rough it's been, so it's, it's been pretty brutal i just say own it you yeah. know cheating is as much a traditional part of the game as anything else yeah. and uh so i say embrace it yeah. Well, we've we've got a dog we named after that's Altuve. A, that's, a, that's a fantastic uh, pastoral stance you have there. Yeah. Shut up, <laughs> yeah. Kyle. Nobody's talking not, to you right now. If you're not if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Hey, we also have a dog, but we we named him Yuli uh, after yeah. our beloved first baseman. So. Yeah. Yep. And uh, th- does he have hair like Yuli? That's the big question. Uh, he does not, unfortunately. Okay. That would yeah. have been that would have been better. Yeah. That would have been awesome. But yeah, we we've got Tuve, and and he always comes in. And, and we've tried to get this video so many times where he's by the trash can and his tail will hit the trash can. And by the time I try to get the video out, I'm like, this will go viral. This will, this will make the Dave Millers, you know, of the world happy, uh, but I never can get it. But uh, Andrew, well, did you name, I, I, I love that you both have dogs named after Astros. I, I lobbied and, and I lost, but I lobbied when, when we found out our firstborn was going to be a son. I, I lobbied very hard to name him Punch. Michael Young Beerman. Oh. No, Michael Young Beerman. Uh. And uh, I lost. I, I, Michelle wouldn't go for that one. <laughs> it's so funny. In uh, all seriousness, it still takes talent. Uh, first of all, if you're watching signs on a screen, you still have to discern them correctly, right? You're still guessing at a certain point. You have to relay them, and then you still have to hit the ball. So yeah. it's still a complicated endeavor. And I think more teams are doing it than, uh, than anybody yeah. would like to admit. Well, yeah. and if you've ever been to the batting cages and you go into the fast one, you know exactly where that ball's coming. Oh, yeah. you know, it's it's going to be a fastball, and I still can't hit it. <laughs> yeah, we, we went to the one in Rudoso, and, uh, and, and I went into the fast pitch, and I, I thought I was going to die. 
Like, <laughs> I was like, I used to be able to hit. What, what happened? Those are coming in at like 65 miles an hour, right? I mean, that's like a... <laughs> so, uh, Andrew, what's, what's happening in Amarillo? Well, we are, uh, we're kind of doing what everybody else is doing. We're trying to, to make it through this pandemic. And uh, in Amarillo, I'm, we're really fortunate. We've got a great mayor, great city council, and they have definitely not overreacted to this. So we were like one of the last cities, I think, in, a, in the country to have a, a shelter at home order. And uh, our mayor's been really good about, uh, you know, her, her mentality has not been how do we shut things down, but how can we keep things going as long as possible? And it's really, it's really been helpful. So uh, Amarillo has not had, we haven't certainly had an economic impact just like everybody else, but I think that in some ways we're so isolated up here in the Texas panhandle in, in this case, it's kind of helped us a little bit. And so we aren't seeing, you know, crazy measures like what you guys are seeing in New Mexico. Uh, we're, you know, life is not normal. That's for sure. But it's also not apocalyptic either. Yeah. And so that's, that's really helpful. So our church is just trying to adapt uh, just like everybody else and trying to do ministry in this new uh, modality, you know, of, of uh, shifting and pivoting to being online and connecting with people virtually. So I mentioned to you guys uh, in the pre-show show uh, that there are a lot of churches that are geared up really well to do online ministry. And that has just not been the way that we've operated. We're a large church, but we're I wouldn't consider us a typical large church in that regard. Um, so we have not, like the first time we ever live streamed a service was six weeks ago. Yeah. So I feel like we're very much learning how to do it. Uh, I don't feel like we're particularly good at it. Uh, I think we're getting better, you know, but, but it's definitely been a huge adjustment for us. And, and I think we, we talked a little bit on, on, uh, social media about the, uh, the oil stuff that's going on. You know, we had Nolan on here and, and I just remembered when oil wasn't great before, then this came in and, and I just, my, my heart broke for, for those like Nolan that's in Artesia and of course our friends that are in uh, Hobbs that you know well. And, uh, and so uh, I know how much of a hit that's been on, on the churches in, in this area and, and yours is, is touched a little bit. How, how have things been going in your community with the oil side of things? Yeah, well, I've been in the Southeast New Mexico, West Texas area for uh, eight years now. And so, uh, you know, oil is a huge part of life here. Uh, but Amarillo is a, has a more diverse economy than, say, Hobbs or Midland or Odessa. And so we are affected by it without, without, a, 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 without a doubt. We're affected by it. Um, but not like Midland. You know, Midland every, or Hobbs, everyone is in the oil business. It doesn't matter what you do. If you work at Walmart, you're still in the oil business. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if, you know, the oil industry crashes, everybody... Uh, is hurt here we do we do feel it it does affect things but we also have other industries here which is uh you know i'm thankful for at this time yeah the good thing about amarillo I, I, is that the, the the beef supply doesn't seem to be <laughs> uh, that, that seems to still be in pretty high demand in these days so <laughs> uh, yeah that's exactly right yeah we've got plenty of cattle that is for sure <laughs> Well, Andrew, I'm curious, in, in quarantine days and, um, you know, this kind of shift in, in ministry, uh, this is something we should have asked more guys, Matt, but I'm curious, what are you reading in, in quarantine? Well, I'm kind of weird. I can't ever read just one 
book at a time. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of so, the same way. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm just a little, I'm easily distractible. So I usually have five or six books going. Um, right now, some of the books that I'm reading, I'm reading uh, The Pastor's Handbook by John Bisogno. Yeah. Which is short, short chapters, but really sage advice on pastoral ministry. Um, I'm reading a Morning by Morning by Spurgeon, and that's been really good. And then I'm reading a biography on Napoleon, which has been nice. really fascinating by Andrew Roberts. He, you know, he did the Churchill bi biography a, a year or two back, and uh, his Napoleon biography is fascinating. I didn't realize this, but uh, Napoleon became a general at age 24 uh, in the midst wow. of the French Revolution, wow. which is kind of crazy, but a fascinating character. And then I'm reading a lot right now. Um, in fact, my, my stack of books over here right now uh, on uh, the Sermon on the Mount. I've been uh, working on memorizing the Sermon on the Mount, and then I am in the midst of working on a book project related nice. to the Sermon on the Mount and pastoral ministry. So uh, I've preached through Matthew. I've preached through the Sermon on the Mount a couple of times. I memorized it in college. Uh, it's been really good to go back and re-memorize it. But just digging back into, you know, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones and, and uh, R. Kent Hughes and uh, uh, D.A. Carson and some of those guys who've, who've done great work on the Sermon on the Mount. And yeah. uh, that's been really refreshing. Yeah. And I think you're... right now in the, in the midst of uh, pandemic, I'm doing a Wednesday night theology class. So I'm also on Wednesdays, which is today, uh, as we're recording this, I'm also uh, doing some uh, theological reading with J.I. Packer and Wayne Grudem. And that's been really good as well, just every Wednesday afternoon to go back over some of those, those books as well. I, I have a much deeper answer. Uh, I just read Twitter. <laughs> but uh, no, I think I saw where, didn't your son, your, your son is memorizing it too, right? Or, or. Sure. He, I mean, yeah, he is memorizing it. We, Amy and I have been memorizing it together. We, we have a very, uh, disciplined schedule every morning in terms of our spiritual disciplines and physical disciplines and that kind of thing. And actually that's been a, a godsend during this time because mm -hmm. it's just helped keep us in a rhythm and a routine. And one of our, one of the things we do every morning is to work on memorization. And uh, I have one son, he's a, he's a, you know, kind of my best bud. And so uh, anything that dad is doing, he wants to help dad do. And what that has become over the last few months is that in the morning when I work on my memorization, he will, I've got little note cards, he'll hold them and he'll read them as I'm saying them. He kind of checks my work. And then like a week ago, uh, he just starts quoting it. And when I say starts quoting, I mean like nearly word perfect. And he does the first 30 verses and it just wow. blew me away because we haven't worked on it at all with him. Uh, but he was just memorizing it just by hearing it again and again and again. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it definitely made me proud and, and super fun. And now he's actually, the last few days, he's been asking if I will check his work. So <laughs> so I say it to him and then he'll say it back to me. So it's, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I yeah, love it. It is awesome. Uh, what, what are some words of, uh, you know, uh, your your encouragement might not be to to read uh, Napoleon or or whatever it could be, but what are some words of encouragement for pastors uh, that you have during this time? Um, you know, this is probably not as insightful as it will be a year from now. Sometimes retrospect, you know, gives you some insight and wisdom into what you're walking, what what you did walk through that maybe you don't see while you're walking through it. But I think some of the, the things that I've come back to 
over the last few weeks is just a reminder that Jesus is the chief shepherd of the church. He is, uh, the, you know, he's called the chief shepherd. He's, he's called the good shepherd. Um, he's called the shepherd who cares for the flock. Um, you know, some of the shepherd passages that refer to Jesus have been so encouraging. And just a reminder that Jesus loves the church more than I do. And he's sovereign. And this is not, you know, none of this is caught God by surprise. And he's got a plan for it. <clears throat> and even though all of our churches are facing some difficulties, you know, Jesus promises to build the church. And so what I'm looking for is, you know, God, what are you doing in this? I, I've, I've learned over time, you know, when we go through difficult things, the best question to ask is not why are you allowing this to happen, but what are you trying to show me? And I do think that God is trying to get our attention uh, in the church to try to wake us up from spiritual apathy. And he's at work. And I'm very confident that this is going to ultimately be good for the kingdom. Uh, and it's going to be good for the church with a capital C and, and even the, the churches uh, with lowercase c. It will be hard on institutional churches. I mean, I think there are probably going to be some institutional churches that don't survive it. I'm very concerned about church plant that may not survive this financially, but ultimately, I think it's going to be good for the church. And I believe that because of what scripture teaches, because Jesus loves the church is going to build it. And so even though we can't see exactly what that's going to look like right now, I think that's something that I keep coming back to again and again, that Jesus will take care of his sheep. And the other piece of that, I think that the Lord has been uh, faithful to remind me of is that, um, you know, and this is maybe a little overused when we think about Esther, the phrase for such a time as this, but there is a truth to that, that it's no accident that you guys are pastoring the churches you're pastoring in this moment. Um, none of us want to do this, but God knew that, uh, that Matt Mayhill needed Matt Hensley right now. And, and Kyle, first Alan Gordo needed Kyle right now. And Paramount needed Andrew, like, I'm the man to lead them through this right now, even though I feel inadequate. God determined in his sovereignty that I would be the pastor of this church in this moment, which means, you know, we're, we're, maybe we don't feel ready for the moment. <laughs> uh, we all feel maybe unprepared for the moment, but God and his sovereignty put us here at this time for this purpose. And I think we can just walk in the freedom of that. Uh, just to know that he's in control and he knows what he's doing. And it's not an accident that we are where we are when we are. And I, and I think to follow up with that is, you know, we adopted our girls uh, five years ago um, in March. And uh, so we didn't have the, you know, the, the first steps and we didn't have all of that kind of stuff. Cause they were, you know, they were, you know, not grown, but they were older when they came and, uh, you know, four five, six and seven or something. And, uh, and so right now we've got a, you know, a teenager that we just got on, on Monday, she turned 13. And, uh, and so what's been a blessing too is during, during the season of, you know, social distance where, where you're having to kind of pastor your, your folks, uh, a little more online or, uh, over the phone, things like that to still have them with me and uh, has has been a great privilege for me as is just a dad to get to see them kind of grow up right before my my eyes instead of you know 
uh, I've tried to be a dad that's really involved, you know, before all of this, but, but now it's not even an option. <laughs> and so, you know, having them with me on the calls uh, or, or I'll hand the phone to them when I'm talking to one of our, you know, senior adults or, or whatever, and, and let them talk for a little bit. And they, they love yeah. it. And that just reminds me of, of the childhood that I had. I didn't have it with my, you know, with my mom and dad, but I would go and make hospital visits with our associate pastor and got to be a part of ministry as a, as a kid. And uh, because you, you know this, you, you go and make a door-to-door visit with your, your children, they're more apt to open up and, and talk to you when, when the kids are with you. And it's For kind sure. of the same thing. And so they, they get to be a part of this. And, and this last week, they, they helped do the intro and the outro for the sermon. And, uh, and, and they wrote that. it, they, awesome. they wrote it. And, uh, it was so funny. Like Cadence is, she was so proud of her little dig at dad. You know, we, we joke, grab and, your coffee. Course, You're going to yeah. need it. Uh, and I was, <laughs> I was so, so excited. And, and so they've, they've had that opportunity to be a part of this ministry in this season. And that to me, uh, has, has been the greatest treasure of all of this. Like it's been frustrating. Uh, like all three of us, we want to be back together, uh, in the building and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but but having them as part of this season, ministering with our folks, uh, to me is is priceless. And uh, so there, there's no doubt about that. And you know we we're discipling our kids all the time, whether we realize it or not. Okay. And I think even the way that we talk and react to the whole thing, do we react with fear? Do we pray about it? All of those things model something for our kids. So I think that yeah, the relational side of it, the spiritual side of it, there there are going to be some benefits through these things. Last week, we dropped toilet paper off at, at uh, each of our neighbor's homes. and our, My kids helped me with that. And they've been praying, even my four-year-old prays about, about, about uh, a coronavirus every night, you know, which she doesn't even really know what that means other than yeah. that she can't go to church right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some family blessings for, for sure. And I think there also can be some church blessings. You know, I'm not a fan of having to do online preaching and that kind of thing, but it is true that there are people who will watch yeah. online that would not come, you know, to our church buildings. And so yeah. there is a, uh, you know, God is going to use us. I'm very convinced strategically uh, for the, for the sake of the kingdom, without a doubt, you know, and the church always does its best work in the hardest times. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Cal, uh, esta, senor? We'll, uh, we'll be multicultural today. Como esta? Oh. Oh, uh, let's see. That, that, that's how you're doing. Uh, so, muy bien, E2. E2, brute. I got nothing after that. that I can order. I can my, order my, my food, and I have a minor in Spanish, by the way. That's another story for another day. But uh, Kyle, it is marginally I good to something see something new you. about you all the time. You do. I, I do yeah, have a minor to... in Spanish, but I thought you knew that. Um, you, it's, we it's would fail one of those like best friend stories. Uh, and, but yeah. and do you know? Do you know my favorite part about Thursday? Uh, that is the last day we get to see each other. Yes, yeah. I don't have to see you tomorrow. Yeah, that, that's my favorite part about Thursday mornings. Well, the feeling is mutual. You know what I love about today? Our guest. I do. I was. I was going to. You saved me from oh. saying something that I probably oh. shouldn't have. I was oh. going to say I don't. Have... I don't think there's a press conference with Governor Grisham today. I was oh. going to say that's a good. Oh, news. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that might get me in trouble. So yes, I'm more excited about this. Who are we talking to? We've got Tom Brady on the show, the GOAT. Let's go. (laughs) No, we have have someone who's even better than Tom Brady, and that is the one, the only Dean and Sarah from straight from Tallahassee. Morning, Dean. What's up, New Mexico? I I don't know any Spanish, so I have nothing to say back (laughs) in in any other one than 
than my own. So yeah, it's good to be with you. Yeah, Thanks, you're rocking man. the yeah. uh, 1980s USA hat, right? Yeah, this is the team Mark McGuire was on. Yeah. And uh, he, this is what they wore back then. I went and saw the U.S. national team play uh, last summer. And when I saw that hat, I was like, I have to get this hat. And so, and so, and so, yeah, and since we're on a Baptist podcast, I thought I'd go God and country and there rock you it go. today. You rock during, it during yeah. our conversation. Let's see, so, so that would have been that would have been before they allowed professional athletes in the in the Olympics. So that would have been pre um, performance enhanced Mark McGuire. Yes, who could <laughs> who could still rip though? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> could still rip. Maybe not seventy home runs, but he could still rip. <laughs> Dean, uh, right out of the bat, uh, I well, I, I guess I should be kind. How are you doing? I'm doing well overall. Um, probably like any parent, we're just trying to keep the kids from clobbering each other has been sort of a thing yeah. <laughs> as they're yeah. all in the same house all day long. Uh, we're not a homeschool family or anything like this. It's totally new, you know, for us. But we're, we're doing okay. Um, and church-wise, uh, I, I was kind of anxious at first about things. Just kind of, I, I can have an anxious personality sometimes. So when we first out of the gate, was a little anxious. Then it was kind of like everybody rallied, like nationwide when it came to churches. Like, hey, we're going online, or we're doing drive-ins, or we're in this together. And, and there's that kind of good spirit. And then it was like Easter. So it was like, okay, let's look forward to. Let's push Easter. And now I'm just kind of like frustrated and annoyed. <laughs> it's like, is, is there an end in sight? It's, that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. But okay, overall. Yeah, so so what I've noticed is like introverts. So so Matt, I mean, th this is like their best life, right? Oh man, you know, tell me to stay home. I'm, yes, thank you. I'm writing a chapter book on my life right now. This is like every day <laughs> is is another your your best life now. It's it's every day a Friday. You know, Joel Osteen wrote that book a while back, and uh, and I'm just saying I didn't read it, but uh, that's apparently my life right now. Every day of Friday, and it's great. And and for for extroverts, like the first couple of weeks, I was okay. I was like, oh man, you know, this is nice break you know thank, thank you lord for this kind of you know forced sabbath and and, and you know trying to kind of spiritualize that and, and all that and and now that we're pushing a month I, i'm i'm about to go insane like like i'm i'm just losing it like, i need to shake hands i need to hug necks i need to see people and uh so and, and we just got oh, extended yeah. by about a month <laughs> I, I need like an hourly walk outside and scream <laughs> or, or something so so that the tree out front and i become good friends that's some great conversations you know so i'm definitely not introverted and matt's book is your best life now mine is like a history of lament is the book i'm reading right now, I'm writing right now. yeah so. the uh my, my favorite video right now that's that's kind of made the 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 circles through the whole steel is a uh, music teacher is talking about you know how you know she's setting up this little music thing that she's got her little ukulele out and she's like and so kids now we're gonna sing the song and she's playing it yes. and then she goes ah! and just screams at the top of her lungs that is my I favorite that. thing that was great yeah yeah but that, that's those that's those videos somebody detects you and they say watch the whole thing wait yes. for it yeah <laughs> yes so, yeah, that, that was, that was so good, good. Yeah. so good oh man yeah, Dean, so, I got so, I got a theological question for before uh, Kyle gets more serious. Uh, theological question, uh, you know, Calvinism, Arminianism, all that kind of stuff. What is the greatest uniform that was going to debut in twenty twenty in baseball? Okay, well, I think the best uniform in the game is when Oakland wears their green tops. Yeah, I just yeah, think those are, those are really sharp. Yeah, I, I like those a lot. Um, and then what the Padres are doing right now. You know, kind of going back to that that yellow and brown look, which yeah. sounds bad when you first say it, but like it just looks sharp. 
I didn't like what they did. They totally went away from that for a long time. And also, I love our military. I thank God for our military. But there's got to be a better way to support our military than to wear those nasty camo uniforms. Like, there's, there's got to. I'm claiming that's offensive to our military <laughs> to wear those things. So I'm not for those. And I love when, um, when the Braves wear their throwbacks. That kind of old Hank Aaron look, kind of a modernized version of it. I, I think those look really good. Uh, but the best, some of the best new stuff I saw was going to be a debut was what the Reds were going to wear this year. looked really good. They're clean. So, yeah, there's some pretty good stuff out there. I was, I was really digging the, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, uniforms this year that they put out. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, that was my select team growing up. And, uh, and so that I've always kind of liked the Pirates just because of that, just the uniform or whatever. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I like that look. Um, but that's, that's the extent of the deep conversation that I have. Um, Kyle? Well, I was just say my, my Rangers are finally going back to um, Baby blue. adding the powder blues into the oh, into I the regular saw that. rotation. Yeah. Not not just like a uh, so they would do it kind of like a, for throwback days or whatever. Now they're they're adding them back to Sunday home games. So if we if we get baseball this year, the, the powder blues are coming back. Um, Dean, you are kind of known as a big um, New England Patriots fan, and and there's been some big news co- come out from oh. uh, from from the Patriots. And so I just want your thoughts because your your, your favorite player is now coming to your home state. Right? I know. So, yes. so how, how are you? How are you handling all this? Well, I wanted one more run with Brady. I wanted the Patriots to like get him some receivers, get him something. Let's go one more year because he's going to be forty three when the season starts. So I mean, obviously he's he's still great, but like forty three, you know, he's nowhere near what he was. But he's still Tom Brady. He's still better than you know, 75% of the quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, at, at 43. Uh, so I was disappointed that he's leaving. But the fact that he's coming here, I don't like the Bucks at all. So I'm having to, like, make this full transformation from being my second fifth team. But then when Gronk, when the Gronk news came out, that Gronk's going to Tampa as the reigning 24-7 WWE champion that he is right now as well, uh, I was the new belts that WWE has. Um, I was like totally pumped. So now I'm like trying to figure out, like, hope they have some Sunday night games so I can make it down after church. You know, so does that, that mean you're stuff, spending so. eight Sundays in, in uh, Tampa? Is this that what's <laughs> oh, going to happen? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I have family down there. And so it's like, let's go save, save some room for us. We're coming down. Yeah, I, asked Willie Rice, I asked Willie Rice at Calvary Baptist, a great church in Clearwater, which is outside of Tampa, if they had any staff openings. <laughs> I was ready to, you know, to, to come down well, and be a something in residence for the season. Well, so you've got Willie, you've got you've got Sam Rayner down there in, in West Bradenton, so you know you got you got some connections there. And then of course there's Nathan Rager, right? Who's, who's down there in Tampa as well? <laughs> oh, so. the fundamentalist guy on Twitter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, oh, so there right. you go, he man. Probably, he probably hates Tom Brady. <laughs> He Not as much like as he hates Kyle. Kyle. Not as much as he hates Kyle. Oh, I know that. Really? That's that's true. That yeah. is true. Yes. There's a lot guy's, of that guy's something, man. Holy yeah. moly! <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Dean. For for those that are listening in, you know, we're we're dealing with that. We've gone from maybe the anxiousness or or just concerned to frustrated to you know we're we're rolling with it. It probably bounces by the day. Uh, certainly, is more you know the the. Uh, closures get extended, then it's more frustration. We can't really let it out. Like you said, uh, talking to the tree, that kind of deal. Um, what would be just a word of encouragement or, or something God's been putting on your heart during this time uh, that you'd want to share with pastors? I, I, yeah, I, I appreciate you asking that. A couple of things. One, I think we have to have some guys we can talk to about this kind of things going on in our mind. I think you can also, no one really knows 
what a pastor is going through regularly like another pastor, let alone this season. Right now, don't get me wrong, our church members, we have people who are losing their jobs. You know, we have people that have a lot of uncertainty. Uh, so we don't want to make light of other situations or even pretend that we have it worse. I'm not saying that at all. But we do have a unique position we're in right now of trying to lead through this, pastor through this, encourage, deal with the difficulties that are so many, and also the uncertainty. Uh, so I just think we need other pastors to really be able to have a conversation with. And that sounds like a simple answer, but like, like what you and Kyle have together, you know, being brothers, you know, outside this podcast, obviously, being in the same state, driving distance, good friends. Uh, I think we all need to find that right now. So I want several, just things as simple as several group texts that I'm on uh, of, of, of pastors, just good pastor friends that I trust. That we're just, anything from sharing information about what we're hearing at the state level, all the way to just, how are you doing? You know, things like, I just think we need the, those type of things. And, and then second, uh, I would say that don't feel, don't rush back. Uh, don't, don't feel like the day that the governor or the president or whoever's calling the shots right now or CDC or whoever says, hey, we can do these things again, that you have to figure out how to like have church that next Sunday exactly as it was before. Like, it's just going to take time, you know, and I, I've seen pastors who are like, we're going to wear masks and take people's temperatures and spare everybody out six feet chairs. I'm just like, okay, I appreciate that effort. But good mercy, man. Like, like, like just, just take a breath for a second. You know, like I think we have to make sure we turn off the noise a little bit and we don't let emotions, uh, we just can't wait to get back together and those type of things force us to maybe relaunch or whatever you want to call it, re-enter prematurely or to such a like try way too hard where it's way over the top you know to where it's just almost not worth it yeah so i almost want to encourage guys to like take a breath about that yeah. so my my plans are now changed uh because we were we were going to do like an all-day church day all day long celebrate we're going to have bands coming in you know it's going to be like woodstock may mayhill stock and uh <laughs> we we were going to have a potluck and uh for for breakfast potluck for lunch potluck for dinner i mean we were going all in baby so I don't know what we're gonna do now. Well, thanks. I um, I, that wasn't I, I that wasn't Mayhill encouraging. I, I I went to Mayhill once and it was closed, <laughs> so I'm gonna try to go back again one day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. It was just closed. So. Yeah. Usually yeah. is. Yeah, and and I think that's a good word. You know, not not to rush back into things and and just take some time. I I think you know once we're able to come back together, I think there's gonna be a lot of a uh, lot of. Uh, obviously a lot of celebration, right? I mean, yeah, folks sure. are really excited to, to be back. Um, but, but then I think, you, you know, just, just sometimes a reflection as well, you know, and I, I was telling somebody the other day, I think what we're going to see is, is, is uh, one of two things. On one hand, I think we're going to see people whose, whose faith um, just uh, became very real during this time and, and who, whose walk with the Lord has improved dramatically. And number two, I think we're going to see a lot of, well, or, or maybe a better way of saying, I don't think we're going to see a lot of people again after, you know, Sunday mornings, um, just kind of getting out of a, out of a routine. And I think what we're going to see is a lot of folks for, for whom um, church was a habit rather than a conviction. And um, we, we just may not see them again for, for a while if they come back. And, and I'm not convinced that either one of those, like, I don't think either one of those are bad necessarily, right? Especially that that uh, even, yeah. even the last one, I, I think we're we're going to see a refining of the of the body of Christ during this time as well. Huh. Well, that's your thoughts. Yeah, I, I have kind of two thoughts on that. One is we have we have short memories in our culture, 
we have nostalgic long memories when it comes to events and we i think it's september 11th for example when um afterwards we were like whatever it takes and patriot act and security and like a month later everybody was mad at tsa right <laughs> like you know it's a sort, sort of stuff uh, so so i think that it will be i read these you know different blogs or different head more more like headlines or uh you know there's they're saying things like you know church will never be what it was before and that kind of stuff and uh, i just don't i just don't know because i think this was short memories but i, I do think it'll be different but but i but then the other thing is that we've learned that online is such a big front door I mean, I, we have people, I'll see people watching, you know, I'll gl glimpse at who's tuned in or, or people will text me or message me that are kind of cultural Christians. You know, they'll claim to be Christians and by that, they just mean they're not atheists, basically. Yeah. And uh, and they've never been to our church. They don't go anywhere to church, but I know them from just being, being in the same town, growing up with the, a pastor in my hometown. And I'll get a message, watch the services the last three weeks. We love it. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, wow, okay. Like, like so, so now does that mean they're going to show up to church on a Sunday morning? I'd be shocked, and I really hope they do, but I'm, I'm praying for that. Yeah. Uh, but it's this is new kind of front door. We, do, we don't do our services online normally. Now we post we post the sermon, you know, on Monday morning on iTunes and that kind of stuff, but we don't actually broadcast live our service on a regular Sunday before all this. Uh, so it's like, wow, this is like a random big front door that maybe we just didn't consider before. This really kind of surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. And that's, that's been the thing that for, for me, we don't really have the, the Wi-Fi capabilities. And, and so I've still been trying, you know, we, we've got the, the sermon that goes live while we're doing the, the drive-in. And I've tried to tweak how we've done it. It just goes live at 11. And then I do like a watch party after the service. Um, but like the last thing I want to hear right after I've preached that sermon is hear it again. And so I haven't often done that. Um, but but what I've, what I, because what I want to do is when you have those people that are popping in, you know, hey, watching from Tallahassee because Dean was boring or, you know, whatever they say, I want to be able to reply to them that, you know, hey, love you, glad that you're here. And, and we don't have somebody that could be at the, at the church and those that would be at home really don't have the capability to, to make those comments and kind of be our, our live stream. I'm going to hate this word, but our live stream pastor, just that guy that's sort of engaging with those that are listening maybe sharing some quotes because I've, I've watched a few of the services with summit and I think they do that so well. Um, and I don't know if it's yeah. a member that's doing it, somebody that they've tasked to do it. Cause I don't know who their staff is other than JD and, and Todd and, and some of the music guys. Um, but, but I've seen how they've, you know, shared, you know, the quotes or, or they're responding to people. And, uh, and so on, on that side, what we've tried to do though is like we would do, follow up for a guest that comes, you know, on a Sunday, when I see somebody that's tuning in, that's watched, liked it, commented, whatever, and they're in the area, then I, I send them like one of our, our visitor packets, if they're not, you know, one of our, our church folks and, uh, and, and remind them, Hey, we love you. We're, we're glad you're here, that kind of deal. And, uh, and so we're trying to do some of that because like you said, on the other side of this, a lot of people have been tuning in. And on the other side of nine 11, we had people flock uh, to, to churches for a while. And it kind of lasted for a little bit and then it went somewhat back to normal. Uh, but there's also lasting fruit that came from that kind of that wider net for a while. It also, once it kind of dwindled down, you found that there was some fruit there. And, uh, and so that's been my prayer is, yeah, we've, we've all got this wide open door right now. Maybe on the other side of this, it will grow, maybe not to, you know, 
200 people or, or 300 people or something like that, but maybe on the other side of this, there will be those that they, they locked in, they want to be there and they're going to be there uh, on the other side. Yeah. And I think now we, this is, again, the rules kind of have changed, not, not scriptural rules. I'm not talking about compromising our, the actual Bible, but I mean, just how things pan out and how things function. Someone who came online to watch your service or join your Facebook watch party, they visit her. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and we, we have to treat them that way, I think, because that's the world we're in right now. Uh, so I think you're right to send someone a visitor packet that showed up to check out your service. Like that's what they are right now. And that, that, that wasn't the case two months ago, but in the case now. So I just think we have to rethink how we view everything during the season and during this time we're in. So I say, you know, props to you for, for thinking that way. Kyle, do you have anything else before you want to send us out? No, you know, as, as, as everybody else has said, you know, just encourage pastors, man, stay faithful. Um, keep, yeah. keep, keep proclaiming the gospel in, in whatever, um, whatever forms we, we have available to us, whether that's drive-in, whether that's online, sure. um, you know, man, stay faithful. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing, you know, is, as we kind of talked at the beginning, you know, we know this is a frustrating time and, and at least for the, for the time being, there is no kind of hard end date for it. But, but I think the, the biggest thing to remember is this is temporary, right? It is, it is, yeah, going sure. to pass. This, this is not going to be an always and forever thing. Um, and so, you know, just, just like, you know, when, when my kids are, you know, stuck in a subject or something like that in school, they really don't like it. It's just, Hey, th this is going to pass. You, you will get through this. I promise. If you right? pass it. So guys, yeah, <laughs> this will pass or you will, right? That's yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow, <laughs> Kyle. Dang. Just deep. Those, those realities of life. <laughs> okay. Send us out. Well, until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. <laughs> <laughs>